You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're gearing up for war with our series Built for Battle as we go through each piece of the armor of God. Get your Bibles and stand with me for the reading of the word and then we'll let you sit down for a little while. Uh, while you're finding Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, I want to thank all of our volunteers. Some did not leave here till 1 o'clock this morning, and there was not a one of them that is, was upset. But I want to apologize to you. When we took that date, we really didn't think about it just being on Saturday night and then turning around. And, you know, last night, the, the three bands that were here brought their sound equipment in a tractor and trailer, tractor and trailer. And uh, everything on our stage had to be taken off. They even put their own LED wall up. And uh, then a thousand people in the building, and then we had to help them load up, put our stuff back, clean the whole building. Uh, it was a big, big night. And uh, our volunteers, uh, they are incredible. And then they're right back this morning early. So if you are one of those volunteers, I do appreciate you. And I know a thousand people left here last night, thankful that they had this event to come to. Um, the title of the series is Built for Battle. And uh, today's title is The Helmet of Salvation. I was in my office earlier this morning and I was going over my message and I was just like this. I'm in my office by myself and, and Pastor Aaron opened the door and I was shouting. I was, he said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. And it's just, it's been so interesting to me. Uh, week one was the loin belt of truth, which is uh, the word of God. And then week two was the breastplate of righteousness. And the very moment you ask Christ into your life by faith, you receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you need to remind the devil that you are not just in your own righteousness, but you are in Christ. Can someone say amen? And then week three was the shoes of, of peace. And on the bottom of those shoes were cleats that would give them firm uh, grounding and standing. And then last week was the shield of faith. And without faith, you can't please God. Today, we're gonna to speak about the helmet of salvation. Ephesians chapter six, verse 17, Paul continued with his list of spiritual armor by saying, and take the helmet of salvation. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, put your helmet on. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, we thank you for the helmet of salvation. Teach us today, God. Heal our minds today. Touch every individual that is here, Father. God, that we would leave knowing that we were in your presence and that we have touched heaven and in return, heaven touched us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw anyone that is lost, that does not have the helmet of salvation on. I pray that they would get a glimpse of what eternity would be like without you, God. 
And I pray, God, that you would save them before it's everlasting too late. In Jesus' name, and amen. You may be seated. So here we have our Roman soldier in front of me this morning. The Roman soldier's helmet was a fascinating and beautiful part of his armor. It looked more like a piece of artwork. Oftentimes there was engravings and they were etched upon these helmets where sometimes it was looked like fruit, sometimes their helmet would look like the head of an elephant, possibly a, a horse, an animal, they were very beautiful, highly decorated with all kind of engravings and all kind of etchings. And also, as you look, you see this plum-like of brightly colored feathers. Oftentimes, they were horsehair that stood straight up out of the top of the helmet. Sometimes long enough to where it hung down the soldier's back. The helmet was made of bronze, equipped with pieces of armor that was specifically designed to protect their jaw area, the nose, the face. And this piece of armor was so strong, so massive, and so heavy that nothing could pierce it. Now think about, Paul is writing and he identifies it as the helmet of salvation, something so strong that nothing can penetrate it. So God's message to us today is the most gorgeous gift, and these helmets were gorgeous, but the most gorgeous gift that the Lord has ever given to us is salvation. Can somebody, yeah, Bruce, we ought to clap right there and thank God for our salvation. Anybody thankful or if you've been saved so long, you forgot about where you come from and what God has done in your life. Come on, give him a great hand clap and a shout of praise. So why would the Holy Spirit compare a piece of weaponry as like salvation, because your salvation is the most gorgeous gift that the Lord has ever given you. No matter what you have, no matter what kind of home you live in or car you drive or what is in your checkbook, the most gorgeous gift ever given to you is the spotless Lamb of God without any sin that left heaven, came to earth, hung on a cross, buried in a tomb, resurrected on the third day. That is the most gorgeous and precious gift that God has ever given anyone in this room and you ought to give him a hand clap and a a shout of praise. And here's what I jotted down moments before I came out. Don't become complacent in it. 
Don't become used to it that it's just another story. No, it's not just another story. It is your salvation. It is what is prepared and made a way for you to when you leave this earth to be in the presence of God Almighty and not in a burning hell. That's what I call old-fashioned preaching and that's what we need to know. The helmet of salvation will save you, but it does much more. So why did a Roman soldier need a helmet? Because his opponent carried a short-handled ax called a battle ax. Without that helmet, that enemy would take that battle axe and literally take the soldier's head completely off. This helmet was intended to save a man's head. And that's exactly what salvation will do for you. So if you don't know the Lord, Here's what the Bible says to us in Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Friend, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day before you leave that you make sure that you know, that you know, that you know that it is well within your soul. If you don't walk in your salvation, You may feel the brunt of the enemy's battle axe coming to attack your mind and steal your victory. The majority in the body of Christ believe salvation is just being saved and when you die, you go to heaven. If your salvation, like a helmet, is not worn tightly around your mind, the enemy will come and chop with that battle ax the multiple benefits and the multiple blessings of your salvation right out of your belief system. The helmet of salvation is to be fitted tightly around your head. So when the brunt comes, it doesn't move, it doesn't waver, it will protect you. Salvation is not only heaven when you die. So you and I have got to learn to walk in the helmet of our salvation. Psalms 68.19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation, who daily loadeth us with benefits. It was a benefit that I was in a right state of mind when I woke up this morning to be able to dress myself, to be able to walk out the door, to get in a vehicle, to come to the house of God. Daily, he loads us with benefits. I went to bed last night with shelter above my head. I got up this morning with food on my table. I came to my office this morning and wondered which pair of shoes I was going to wear. Every day, God loads us with benefits, uh, not only in the natural, but in the supernatural. We've got the weapons of God to fight the battle of all the devil and all of his hordes. Uh, You ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. 
Psalms 103 and two, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Uh, you need to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't forget. Is there anybody in the house of God with me today? Would you please look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't forget God's benefits. I don't know about you, but I got the best benefit package in the world. God is my employer, amen? God is the one to take. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord which provide. Has Lord God Almighty provided for anybody at Jewel City Church? Uh, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! If you don't walk fully in the helmet of salvation, the enemy will whack away at your spiritual foundation, one chop at a time. The enemy will tell you that healing does not belong to you. The enemy will chop one time after another and he'll say deliverance does not belong to you. He will hit you with the battle ax and say preservation of mine will does not belong to you. He will hit you and say soundness of mind is not really a part of Jesus's redemptive work on the cross. But my God did not hang on a cross just to provide heaven for you and I. He has given us a helmet of salvation to walk through life, walk through the enemy's camp and take back what the devil has stolen from you. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise if you're not careful the enemy will steal everything from you you walk through life miserable do you hear me walk through life sick depressed oppressed you walk through life all with a bad attitude strap on the helmet of salvation and walk like God intended you to walk oh some people would think it's weird my sister wants to be anointed of oil at the end of the service uh, one chop at a time the battle axe will say that healing does not belong to you but with the loin belt of truth the word of God and the righteousness of Jesus Christ healing belongs to you 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 and everyone else in the room by his stripes we are healed that's the word of God somebody say healing James 5 13 and 16 is any man among you afflicted let him pray is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, uh, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that they may be healed in the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't let the the enemy hits you with the battle axe. You turn around and hit the enemy with the loin belt of truth, the written word of God and say it is written by his stripes I am healed. Devil you don't know who you come after. I got the helmet of salvation on. I'm prepared for the battle. This means war. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. 
Honestly, 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 honestly. I scare myself sometimes. I just can't hold it in. I ain't trying to put on no show. I don't practice it, it just comes out. And I got people tell me all the time, you need to calm down. No, you need to get a little life. Huh? The enemy hits you with that battle ax. He'll tell you deliverance is not yours. He's a liar. He's a liar. What are you battling with today? God will deliver you. Psalms 34 and 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. And what? He delivereth them out of all their troubles. What's your troubles? You got a God that has wrapped you tight with a helmet of salvation. By the time the enemy is finished with your mind, the only thing you'll have left is heaven. And I don't say that disrespectful. But there's a lot more, Nancy, with the helmet of salvation than just heaven at the end of the journey. Hosea 4 and 6, and I keep saying it every week, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You gotta walk in the full knowledge of your salvation. The devil comes to attack your mind. The greatest battles you and I will ever fight is in our minds. And the enemy knows if he can get your mind, he'll take everything else. He'll take your joy, he'll take your peace. On and on and on. So the devil comes to attack your mind. Satan knows your mind is the control center of your life. You better put the helmet of salvation on today and it better fit tight. The full knowledge of our salvation becomes a protective helmet in our lives. There's a word called stronghold. I want to read to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Spiritual forces live behind man's evil and lustful behavior. It's not weird. It's not flaky. They're spiritual forces. Selfish and evil and lustful ideas are by nature not of God. So what is Paul's point here? He and all other believers walk in the flesh. That is, they live in a body just like all other people. Paul was walking in flesh, but they did not fight the struggles of life by using only their strength. We get saved and then we don't seek any more knowledge of our salvation and we find ourselves fighting every battle in our own strength. Notice that the believer uses spiritual weapons to pull down strongholds. My goodness. Notice Paul says spiritual weapons are effective at pulling down strongholds in your life. Pastor Rita preached a message last night. How long are you gonna stay here? How long are you gonna fight the same battle? 
If you're fighting the same battle and you never get ahead, maybe you're not fighting the battle with the right weapon. You can't do it on your own strength. You can't break the yoke that the enemy brings upon you in your own strength. That's why God gave us the weapons. Do you hear me this morning? The word stronghold comes from the Greek word ohiromi. I think, I, I struggle with English. Originally used to describe a fortress. Man, I pray this helps somebody. By New Testament times, this word depicted a prison. A more accurate rendering of the word would be to the pulling down of fortresses in your life. You could even translate it to the pulling down of prisons and both would be correct. They convey two powerful messages to us about strongholds. And I pray that if there's a stronghold in your life, that you'll pay attention this morning. Tells us a stronghold is like a fortress, which is a fortified place, such as a fort, such as a castle. Fortresses have exceptionally thick walls and, and very high walls to keep outsiders from breaking in. Designed for one primary purpose, to keep intruders outside. Stronghold was later translated the word prison. What does a prison do? It keeps insiders from getting out. Impregnable, invisible walls. Do you have any invisible walls in your life, in your mind? Strongholds are rooted in people's minds. Is there any strongholds in your mind? Strongholds are in people's emotions. And they're there by the enemy to keep other people from getting too close to them. Do you got any invisible walls that you've laid up to keep people at a distance? You've been hurt before. Now you say, I'm not allowing nobody to get near me. A trick of the devil to keep people isolated from those people that could bring you help. That's it. Go ahead and stay at home all the time because you've been wounded. You've got these thoughts in your mind and you're gonna keep people away. It's the lie of the devil because God's got somebody that he wants to send to you that can help you. Isolation is never of God. Do you hear me? Isolation is never, I don't care what is going on, isolation is not of God, it is of the devil. Do you hear me? That's him hitting you with a battle ax. So what do you gotta do? You gotta command the devil in the name of Jesus that we just sang about to release his claim on your mind and on your emotions. The Bible said he has no authority in our lives. 
So why do we open up the door and allow him to be in the driver's seat? Wrap your mind with the helmet of salvation. Speak the word of God. The Bible said in James 4 and 7, submit yourselves to then God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I will speak a word to the enemy today. You are a liar. You have no right. As for this church and this body of believers, we will submit ourselves to God and devil, you will flee. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Put on the helmet of salvation. The first step to eradicating strongholds in your life is to recognize your own responsibility. Quit blaming everybody else. You've got the word of God. You've got the instruction. It's nobody's fault but our own when we don't use the word of God as a weapon. When we walk in salvation, so you've got to recognize your own responsibility in the matter, and then once you recognize it, you need to repent of it. Repentance, somebody say repentance. Church people don't like to hear about this stuff. Matthew three and eight, bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. John the Baptist called people to move beyond words and to move beyond rituals. He told them to change their behavior. So if you're fighting the battles and you're never getting anywhere, you need to change what you're doing. You need to change your behavior. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to change your behavior. So what does that mean? It says fruits meet for repentance. It means fruits that match repentance. When you repent, there'll be fruit in your life. If my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear their cry from heaven and I will heal their land. We have got to humble ourselves and say, God, We've not been walking in the full authority of the helmet of salvation, the weapon that you have given us. And God, I'm sorry, and it's nobody's fault but my own, but today I'm gonna change my behavior. I'm gonna walk in the full authority that the helmet of salvation has given me, that you hung on a cross, that I could have this weapon, and I'm going to slay the enemies in my life. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So a stronghold acts not only like a fortress, but like a prison. Somebody say prison. Those same walls that keep other people from getting in will also keep a person from breaking out and being everything that God intended for them to be. God is not against you. God does not want you to be the tail. God does not want you to be beneath. God wants you to be above. He wants you to be the head. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. You are his son, you are his daughter, and God expects for you and I to have a breakout once in a while and them invisible walls that you have put up has kept you from breaking out. And this morning, I want to speak a word over you that today by the anointing of God and the presence of God, you are about to have a breakout and tear down some invisible walls. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. 
My goodness, come on, bless the Lord. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm about to have a breakout. Seriously, how many, how many in the room, you seem to be fighting the same battle? Huh? It's in your mind. Come on, be honest with me. Be honest with me. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God never intended for you to be fearful, to always be in lack. God's got a plan for each one of us and you've got to wear and walk in the fullness of the helmet of salvation because the enemy wants to come with his battle ax and he wants to take your head. Strongholds will bring you in bondage, both mentally and emotionally. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Paul does not say one thing in that verse about the devil. So let's quit giving the devil all of the credit for robbing us in our lives. No, he says for you and for me to cast down. How do we cast down? It's through the anointing. How do we get the anointing? It's through the word of God. My goodness. Here's the truth. If you don't take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. I'll say it again, if you don't take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. And I know because I've been held captive in my own thoughts. Acts 10 and 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Oppression, something that is dominating something that is manip manipulating your life. Oppression is a force that comes to powerfully dominate and manipulate by an outside source. When you go to bed at nighttime, at least at our house, Leanne always says, did you check the doors? Sometimes I say, yeah, cause I'm sleepy. And I really haven't checked them all. I know, that's lying. Forgive me, because I'm still walking in the flesh. Actually, I was walking in my sleep. <laughs> Check the doors. Most don't go to bed unless the doors are locked. How come we're leaving the door to our mind completely unlocked? Allowing the enemy to come in and take up residence in what Jesus paid for. They're not paying your taxes. They're not buying these evil thoughts, your groceries. They're not making a way for you. Jesus paid it all. And it belongs to him and we need to lock it up with the helmet of salvation. And we need to walk in the fullness of that. The devil comes to oppress people by telling them what their future will or will not hold. What about your self-image? Tells you what your self-image is, whether or not you've got any hope of advancement in life. 
So let me tell you some of my struggles. I'm gonna sit down right here and I'm gonna be honest with you. And guess what? Someone say, what? The socks I put on don't match my pants, all right? So my pants just went up and you gotta, how you like that, huh? That don't go with blue pants. Huh. Just thought came to my mind. So you watch, you sit here every week and you see me get up here and preach and pastor and you think, man, he ain't got no problems in his mind. And uh, he don't have no struggles. Boy, I wish I could be like pastor. Well, that's a lie right there. And Monday night I had nine pastors, including myself, at my house. Four black pastors, five white pastors and their wives. And my wife and I served them and we had a wonderful dinner in our home. Wow. And we set out, we have a fire pit in our patio out back and we sat around that fire pit with our wives for about two and a half hours. Nobody left till 10 o'clock. And I don't know how we got on the subject, but one pastor said, I flung first grade. <laughs> that was my response. Until he said, it's followed me all my life. I've had it in my mind, this man's 65 years old. I've had it in my mind all these years that those kids were better than me. One pastor spoke up and he said, my father used to punch me in my face as a kid. One of the pastor's wife, she said, you don't understand the ghetto that I came from in an inner city. And at age seven, literally she said, I had to fight to live. And I never knew love until I met my husband and his mother taught me how to love, taught me how to tear that wall down. These are pastors in their lives. One pastor said, I used to pastor a church on Bingham and I had 50 people and I would come to your church at the old location and I didn't even want to speak to you. He said, I'd come there to hear the Crab family and I'd leave there saying, wow, that guy's got it made. He's at a whole nother level. Got around with me, it was just all, all evening, you know, we were talking about our insecurities. And I looked at him and I said, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've been trying to get away from you guys for two years. Get away from them. Am I right, Land? Staff knows. I tell them, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down around them people. Why? Because of my insecurities, Vern. Because some of them got more degrees than a thermometer and I barely slid through high school. I looked at one, Pastor Staples. He's a professor at Fairmont State. I said, Pastor, when you speak, I need an interpretation. We're talking about in English. I'm being honest. I don't have that vocabulary. I, 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 man, it blows me away that I'm sitting here where I am. What's your insecurities? What's your insecurities? 
I get up in the morning on Sunday mornings and I, this morning, this is my third shirt I put on. Third. Because I looked in the mirror and tried to suck it in. You laugh, but you know what I'm talking about, some of you. And you skinny people, I hope when you get to heaven, you're fat. That was not on my notes. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Some of you are thinking, you know what? If I was thin, if I was built nice, I'd be married. I'd have a better job. I'd do this, I'd do that. Insecurities? Some of you men, your hair turned loose. It's an insecurity. Can I tell you, it's just hair. There was one man in my life, and I see him every six months or so. First thing out of his mouth, my goodness, you got big. That ain't funny. I'm being honest. I want to say in the flesh, like Paul said he's in the flesh, I want to say, yeah, I can lose weight, but you will always be arrogant. That's what I'd like to say, but I can't say that. Watch what you say. How many people have some insecurities? Be honest, huh? That's why we need the helmet of salvation. When you go and they fit you for a helmet at football, it has to be tight. Because if not, when the blunt, the blow comes, it's gonna leave damage. You can't walk around with a loose fitting helmet of salvation and expect to overcome the battle ax. Stand with me this morning. I got a few things I wanna share with you while you're standing. And I, I want your mind to be healthy. You know, I shared a few of mine. But there's been other battles in my life where the enemy will attack your mind. When a stronghold in the mind remains unchallenged, it will eventually turn into oppression. Then hopelessness sets in. So the full helmet of God is intended to take you to heaven, the helmet of salvation, but it's also intended to protect your mind. A stronghold knowledge of your salvation needs to be wrapped tightly, a strong knowledge, excuse me, around your mind. Because your mind is the control center of your life. That's why the devil wants your mind. It's the control center of your life and if he can take control of the center of your life, he'll destroy your life. God gave you a brain, so use it. And I don't mean that funny. First Peter 1 and 13, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind 
God is saying, gather up all the loose ends of your mind and get your mind in good shape. All those loose ends. Quit looking in the mirror, ladies, and comparing yourself to some woman you've seen on TikTok or some magazine. They painted them women to make them look like that, most of them. Some are just beautiful. I better leave that alone. <laughs> Second Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and what? Sound a sound mind. One translation says about a sound mind, sensible thinking. I wrote this down. This is just what came to my mind when I wrote that down, the translation, sensible thinking. I thought, well, there's nobody in Washington, D.C. that's got any sensible thinking. Hey, my guys. And I'm talking both sides, both sides. What's your insecurity? In the Greek... It means a saved mind or a delivered mind. A mind that's been set free and is thinking correctly. What has you held captive? What has you held captive that you keep everybody out? And it's keeping you from breaking out. What is it? Is it an eating disorder? Eating disorder is just not throwing up food. Eating disorder is eating too much. <laughs> is it because you're fearful somebody knows more? You know, I sit in a circle with these pastors and I'm fearful because I, have, I struggle. One of my insecurities is retaining. I got notes here that look like an iPad. And they're handwritten because I'm insecure that my iPad will not work when I stand before you. I'm coming clean. I walked through a foyer last night and, and, and my arm around my wife and a lady that does not know me, I know what she was talking about. Because this beautiful young girl is on this old fat boy's arm. Well, go ahead, lady. I'm, I'm being honest. I, these are, and it may not even, she may not even been thinking that, but that's the battle ax that came my way. Ladies that worry about your weight, can I tell you, you are beautiful. You are beautiful, beautiful. And I ain't too bad looking either. Sensible thinking. So it means, thank you. She said, you're handsome and she's blind. <laughs> she got a heart bigger in this building. Sometimes it would do us all good to be blind for a day or two. You hear what I'm saying? Sensible thinking means a saved mind or a delivered mind. That's what the helmet of salvation is not just to get you to heaven, but to set your mind free. to be able to think correctly. Paul is saying right here, Timothy, why are you allowing fear to control your mind and your emotions? Do you think like a saved person? 
Guard your mind with the Word of God. When them thoughts come in your mind, tell them thoughts, you are a liar. God created me. I'm telling you, I know there's people in this house today, you need to break out. You've been held captive in the prison of your invisible thoughts too long and you need to break out today in Jesus' name. In Romans 5 and 8, Paul says, for to be carnally minded is death. In Titus 1 and 15, unto, pure, unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Paul is speaking in this scripture of lost people. But there is many people that are saved for heaven, but are still walking around in a carnal mind instead of the fullness of what God has for us. So what does the word salvation mean? It means saved or delivered. One translation said to be brought into a safe place. I said to those pastors, we were all crying. And I just gave you a little example of what was being said. But I said, I gotta learn to be comfortable in my own skin. My black pastor's friend said, you don't know what it's like. And I don't. We all have struggles. So let's put on a helmet of salvation. <laughs> How many get on the scales in the morning? Anybody? Anybody? I hate them things. And I get on them every, and I wasn't gonna use this till the last week of the series. I get on them scales in the morning and I got my eyes closed and I'm like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> and every day I say, today's the day. I'm gonna eat healthy. She made a whole bunch of cheesecakes yesterday and I tried every one of them. Every one of them. So the next time you get on that scale tomorrow morning, you got your eyes closed, and you're all stressed out, just remember one thing. You got the full armor of God on, and this stuff is heavy. <laughs> Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I got several more pages, but I'm done. Amen, aren't you glad? <laughs> Amen. Every head up and every eye open. I believe honestly that every individual in this room struggles with thoughts in their mind. I believe it. I believe it. If you don't, I'd like for you to counsel me. Okay? How many can honestly say that there's some invisible, invisible walls in your mind, there's some battles. The battle axe keeps coming. How many be honest with me? Say, I got those. I got those. I got those. Some of you wouldn't hold your hand up if somebody was standing in front of you robbing you and told you, hold your hand. You wouldn't do it. And I'm gonna ask you, 
won't you come? I'm coming. I, I opened up my life to you. Is it not worth taking a step of faith and saying, I'm, I'm going to walk down front and I'm going to lay this thing down. And devil, from here on out, I'm going to walk in the fullness of the helmet of salvation that my God has given me. Come. The greatest gift given to mankind is Jesus. He laid down his life that you could have life. Have it forever, but have it with abundance. If you're here today and you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins, now is the time. This is the place. Right where you're at, I'm not gonna come to you, I'm not gonna single you out. Slip your hand up quickly and say, Pastor, before I leave today, right here, I'm making a decision to give my life to Christ. Is there one? Is there one in the house? Is there one? I find that hard to believe in a crowd this size. Is there one? Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There at the altar. Go ahead and pray with them. Leader to the Lord. Somebody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Right where you're at. Right where you're at, in your mess, in your addiction, in your troubles. Just give it all to Jesus. Is there another? Another. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 